0: Happy Friday, everyone! It's it's an interesting Friday to say the least. Um, but we're just gonna go with it. We're just gonna let it. We're gonna ride it out. But first, WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in, in the world; it is the official gaming partner of DNVR. It's become so popular. You guys have filled up the clubhouses that we've had to open a third DNVR clubhouse. They're Each clubhouse. Country club. Well, maybe you should tell Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay,
1: they're
2: called Hunt-
0: country clubs. Country clubs. <laughs> We've filled up three country clubs. Um, You golf people and your country club and the words and everything. WGT is nothing like the normal golf culture. Actually, DNVR Golf is trying to beat that golf culture. Mm -hmm. Anyways, um, you can download WGT and join the DNVR 3 country Club. club. We host weekly tournaments with awesome giveaways, so make sure you sign up to win easy money and beautiful DNVR swag. Um, our last major, it was actually our first. Was it our first major? Um, it was our
3: first major. It
0: was our first major. We yeah. gave a $200 cash prize for the first winner, $150 cash prize for the second place winner, and then the third place winner got a mask, shirt, and hat combo. But now we are going to set fair if you play you'll be entered to win some awesome gear and merch so definitely check it out and then look out for the tweets you'll probably see one for the next tournament on tuesday and thursday on the dnvr sports account and then again if you haven't downloaded the app do that now wgt golf and sign up for the dnvr3 clubhouse and you could do that at DNBRgolf.com. so close clubhouse i think is the name of it on the app so go away ryan you're
3: wrong
2: the clubhouse <laughs> and the courthouse—you can go to all in one <laughs> swell swoop.
3: Nobody out, three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline, gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through, taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landeskog. He has done it again. Von Miller, ladies and gentlemen, dom two hands. Nikola Jokic Same me by Krubauer with the left pad. Oh goodness gracious me. Good luck, you won't see it for long. Two run home run,
2: Trevor Story. Lock, end on touchdown. Number two
3: for Sutton. Got it, oh man! That's from way downtown, and the blue arrow is flying at Pepsi Center. Score! It's too good to be true.
0: Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. I am not drinking a Breck, but I am wearing their amazing merch, you know, because they've got good beer and they've got awesome merch. That DM- that DMVR Broncos Country merch is incredible. Um, and then their Broncos Country beer is also pretty good. But my, I can't deny it. My favorite beer will always be Strawberry Sky.
2: Yep. Yep. I'm a strawberry sky girl myself, no doubt.
0: <laughs> strawberry sky girl. All right. I like I like that. If You couldn't tell by the headline today. We are talking all about college football. That's why we've got Henry, who covers DNVR Buffs for us. He is the beat writer for DNVR Buffs. And we've got DNVR Rams, Justin Michael, down here. You can see his username. Go follow that on Twitter. And we watched the Rams play a game yesterday. The Buffs take on the... You take on UCLA next weekend, but Henry isn't going to stay with us for too long. So we're going to talk about Buffs first because um, Justin's going to hang out with us for a little longer. So Henry today, Carl Durrell, head coach for the Buffs, announced that Sam Neuer is going to be the starting quarterback. Buffs fans were panicking, Surprise! <laughs> panicking. Not really knowing how to feel, my exact emotions were, huh, mm, I don't know. I guess let's hope for the best. Uh, that was my exact reaction. Henry, for all those Buff fans, what are your thoughts on Sam Neuer being the starting quarterback?
1: Well, for those of you who don't follow Colorado football closely, the reason why some Buffs fans have been kind of apprehensive about Sam Neuer through this whole process. Is well, there are actually plenty, but one of the big ones is that last year he switched from quarterback to safety, um, which is kind of a sign that he wasn't in line to get any playing time at quarterback. Um, On top of that, he's a senior, there are some younger options, and a lot of Buffs fans see this as a year where maybe you should focus more on development instead of just winning but you know I never agree with that I think that whoever your best quarterback is especially in a shortened off season especially when you only have I think 25 total practices before the kickoff of the season I mean you got to give yourself the best chance to win
0: he was also in the transfer portal he was going to leave CU
1: Yeah, he wanted to play quarterback. And so after spending a year at safety for the Buffs, he uh, packed up all of his stuff, left Boulder, went home to Oregon. And uh, when Mel Tucker left uh, and Carl Durrell came in with a new coaching staff, they realized that they may have to give him a shot to play some quarterback and called him and said, you are very much in this quarterback competition if you decide to come back to Colorado instead of transferring somewhere else. And obviously he did.
0: Ryan, how do you feel about Sam Neuer at starting QB?
3: I mean, I I just think of it like this. You've got Joe Montana, John Elway, Peyton Manning, Sam Neuer, maybe not even in that order. No. I mean, what are you going to do? Like, what I don't understand is what people are panicking. Over. <laughs> like, like I just, I don't, I don't know what people thought Carl Durrell was going to say today. Like they thought he was going to walk up there and be like, our starting quarterback is Trevor Lawrence. Like, <laughs> the, the the options were clear. It was going to be Lytle or Neuer. And, and we knew from, you know, all the way back at Pac-12 media days, Carl Durrell kind of let the cat out the bag that it wasn't going to be Brendan Lewis. Um, and I think that's like the main conversation to be had here is, right. well, why is that? Is it because Brendan Lewis isn't ever going to be good? Or is it because he's just not ready right now? I think that if Carl Durrell was doing the selfish thing here, He would have made Brennan Lewis the starter and said, like, I've I've got all the time in the world on my hands here. I probably at least have three years with this job. So let me get this kid in and get rolling. Uh, And and, you know, whatever, you know, no one's going to blame me for a freshman quarterback having a tough first season. But I think he did the opposite of the selfish thing here, which is doing what's best for Brennan Lewis, because when he tells you that Brennan Lewis isn't ready, you you have to believe him, especially after he makes it, you know, after he goes and makes a decision like this. Brendan Lewis isn't ready, and what we know from countless different times is that you put a quarterback in when they aren't ready, bad things can happen. And so I think what he's doing here is trying to do the best thing for Brendan Lewis's future and also the the Buffs football team this year. Um, I don't think you can, you know, I just don't understand what people are panicking over. I think when it comes down to Lytle or Neuer. I trust them to make the best decision for the football team this year. And I think I've all, and I, and I know I've also heard from people, you know, in the program that, that Neuer was the favorite of the team. He's the one that they believe in the most. He's the one that they like the most. He's the better leader. So in the end, I, I just don't know why people are panicking. I, I think there needs to be low expectations for the buffs this year. That's, you know, kind of a given, but uh, I don't know what people are panicking over.
0: I mean, I think you knew that Neuer was going to be a front runner for this job. he was the second he was the second string quarterback for Steve Montes for a while before Blake Sentrum and and we really haven't seen Tyler Lytle perform at all. Anytime he has gone out there, it didn't look good. So I, I agree.
3: He didn't I even think, throw a pass, I don't think, when he did go out there. Did think, he throw one for like, one. an interception? Yeah. I
0: think he threw an interception think. And then he got hurt. Um, I just think what people are panicking about is really they're both that bad uh, at least from what I've seen on Buffs mm-hmm. social media is it's really Neuer and Lytle those are our options and I agree like Brendan Lewis we knew that from a while ago that he wouldn't be that starting quarterback but I don't know Buff fans are gonna be off football fans they just want that QB especially after having Cepho and Steve in the last few years this is an interesting call um especially because I think fans would have preferred a Carl Durrell be selfish and Brendan Lewis out there.
3: Again, that's – but that's like the fan view on things. And you have to take the of coach course. view on things yeah. uh, to understand decisions like this. So who knows how good Neuer is going to be. You know, everyone – it's a good, like, dunk on the buffs, right, that they're starting a, sa- a former safety at quarterback. But, like, to me, that that tells you how athletic he is uh right. and when you're not going to have good quarterbacking you might as well have some athleticism back there mm-hmm. um you know he can make some plays with his feet they can run zone read they can run rpo they can do those sort of things you know again he's not going to be he's not going to all of a sudden be a world beater uh, but, you know, Carl Durrell wasn't dealt the best hand in the world here. He's got to do it the best he can with what he has. Yeah. It's,
1: really,
0: it's interesting with that athleticism, saying Sam Neuer has that athleticism. Obviously, we've seen that. But I remember being in the room when Tyler Lytle um, was signed and was, it was signing day. And people were saying that Tyler Lytle was Sefo Lufau, but with more athleticism.
3: Hmm. Looks I like they, they were, got that wrong. I mean, he's still athletic. Um, but, but saying he's a
0: Lufau, but with more athleticism, like, come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think the thing with Sam is that like Ryan was saying is it really does give you more options. You know, this, this isn't an offense. I think that's going to be throwing downfield very much. I think that you're going to see a lot more screens and short passes. and, And on top of that, like, it's just going to be a run heavy offense. And so, while Tyler Lytle, at least in theory, again, we don't really know what the skills are like from either of these guys because we haven't had too much of a chance to watch them. What we have, the, the, I don't even know, the narrative has been uh, that Tyler Lytle is a, a better deep ball thrower and more of your like prototypical yeah. pocket passer. And I really do think that in a new offense where so many things are going to be, tough for the quarterback because they don't have any experience going with somebody who is mobile I mean we we've seen over and over and over again that having a mobile quarterback can change a game you know that Rams game last night sure they couldn't complete a pass but they did plenty (laughs) able to run it you know if he could complete a pass then
4: things may have been a little bit different I recommend playing a quarterback that can throw the football. That would be my input.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How'd that go yesterday for CSU turning over to their own quarterback kind of controversy? I I don't necessarily think it was a controversy. Uh, what do you think, Justin? It was Patrick O'Brien or Todd Senteo. Senteo, yeah. Centeo.
4: You know, I, I I thought that both quarterbacks were going to get looks all week. That was kind of my consistent take, I, I was, I was not surprised that Santeo played. What was surprising was the way that they split the reps or the fact that they didn't split the reps, I guess, would be the way to phrase it. And they just kind of gave the game to Santeo. And I think there was a point in that third quarter when you're still down two scores, the Rams had a chance to kind of put O'Brien in, open up the passing offense and at least potentially, you know, change it a little bit. And they just kind of kept the status quo until it was too late. They did give O'Brien some garbage time snaps, but you know, at that point, you know, I'd I'd almost be more pissed that I got in than not played at that point. You're down 28. It's like, gee, thanks for the reps. But I don't know. It's it's not a great situation at the quarterback position for either one of these yeah. schools. And generally, when that's the case, you're not gonna win a lot of football games.
0: Yep. Um do you think what really brought Senteo above patrick o'brien was the fact that patrick o'brien missed a lot of time um this uh, during camp
4: i think that probably had to be a factor they were probably just you know more comfortable with what centeo could do also you know they knew that they were going to be missing dante Wright and time Ty- time that's two of their top four receivers so i think kind of in their estimation they were just like we're going to try and run the football down their throats they gave up 300 yards on the ground the week before they really couldn't contain Sintay on the outside. The problem was they were so inept through the air that Fresno just started stacking the box, and at that point, you know, what are you going to do?
0: Andre, from an outside view, whose quarterback situation are you more excited for, the Buffs or the Rams?
3: I don't that, rephrase that. Which which quarterback uh, situation are you less unexcited for? <laughs>
2: I mean, it really goes to speak to, A, the tough situations that both these new head coaches, both at um, Colorado State and Colorado, have been thrown into. These are veteran offensive minds, both Adazio and Carl Durrell. And I think they're in lieu of not having full preparation, not having a full recruiting class, not really having their guys. And their systems to really groom and put in place and you know whether it's injuries or covid or warren jackson dropping out or you know lavisca chenault declaring early and not just not having the full stack of weapons you would even have in your receiving core both coaches have to kind of go the more conservative route with the running quarterbacks i did think it was really weird how the switch wasn't done earlier um, at Colorado State. So I would warn against Carl Durrell not making this quarterback situation. He does have any messier because that's a, that's definitely a lesson to learn um, from Adazio. And, and that's where maybe I'd lean more towards the Buffs. The Buffs have yet to screw that uh, QB room up, you know.
0: Because they haven't played.
2: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Despite what you might hear on Twitter. So, you know, I guess they're starting with a cleaner slate than what uh, the Rams go into where, yeah, they were running the ball. And, you know, to Santiago's credit, he didn't pass it well. But I thought the key pass of the game was what, third and seven. It goes right through the receiver's hand, bounces off his helmet. (laughs) Look, no quarterback can have that happen. You got to bail your quarterback out on those key downs and on passes that are right there.
3: Yeah, and also had two really good throws at the end of the half. They dropped one over the middle, then they dropped one over the top. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think he made, like, a few good throws in the game. They dropped all of them, uh, and then all the other times it was on him. Um, the one thing that I will say for the Buffs is I just think that a quarterback is is being put into a better situation regardless of who they are just based on the players around them. The Buffs have two, maybe three really good running backs – They have a veteran and and we assume going to be a pretty strong offensive line. And they have a bunch of, you know, awesome weapons at wide receiver. So obviously the quarterback can be the thing that makes all of that not go. Uh, But if you're going to, if you, if a quarterback that is under talented is going to succeed, it's going to be in an offense like this, where hopefully the buffs are just able to run the ball a whole bunch.
1: Yeah. What, what Ryan said is, Honestly, what makes it so frustrating that the Buffs don't have a, a very clear-cut number one quarterback, because the running backs are really good. The offensive line and defensive line are probably the best groups, definitely the two best groups so mm-hmm. far during camp, mm-hmm. and that's with the running backs being, I think, a top three group in the Pac-12 this year. They have the depth at receiver. You have a defense that really turned things on late last season with, I think, three NFL defensive linemen up front like it is very easy to talk yourself into any group on this roster except for the quarterback. And that's
4: uh, that just sucks because that's, what's most important.
0: Justin, how do you feel about the Rams offensive line?
4: I mean, it's early. That was, you know, the one and only time we've seen them this fall. We didn't get to watch any of camp. You have three transfers. So kind of the, the first look that we've had, I will say, I I thought they were more consistent than what we Mm -hmm. saw out of the CSU line over the last two years. I don't think they were necessarily the problem in that game. I don't know if the holes were, you know, tremendous at times, but there were a couple instances where CSU backs had space and they kind of missed it. So those are the little things that they've got to figure out because if you're not tremendous through the air, you know, you can't afford to miss those third and twos. You can't afford to miss those short yard situations and CSU, you know, they were, one of four on fourth down, they only got three points and three trips inside the 10 yard line. That's killer.
3: Justin, where are people, how are people feeling about Adazio and company today? Is the honeymoon period already over?
4: Well, I don't know if there ever really was a honeymoon because he wasn't, (laughs) he wasn't, you know, the most popular choice when he got announced in the first place. He did win some people over pretty quickly. I think with his introductory press conference, And I mean, I don't think people are pressing the panic button just yet or like the eject button where we got to get this dude out, fire him, whatever. But if you're talking about coming in and exciting people and and giving people a reason to tune in to CSU football again, I mean, that was about the exact opposite of what you were hoping for in terms of a debut. It was just like, really like this 335 days and, and this is what we get.
3: Yeah. Henry, what do you think about the pulse of CU fans on Carl Durrell right now?
4: You know, he wasn't
1: all that popular. I think, you know, the, the buffs sent out, or it, based on everything that we kind of heard, it seemed like they were in really deep with Steve Sarkeesian, who wound up getting a raise as an offensive coordinator and not having to move. It kind of felt like the Buffs probably just got played, but there were other names like that bouncing around. And so when you get a name like Carl Durrell, a lot of Buffs fans were pretty disappointed. To me, though, having talked to him probably 15 times to this point, you know, I've been really impressed. You know, it seems like he is somebody who has a very firm grasp on what a good football team is. He knows how to get that out of the people around him. And I think what I like best is his ability to recruit coaches. You know, he has been around for so long at so many different levels, spending like the last five years, I think, in the NFL as a receivers coach. Um, But he has done so many different things. You know, Broncos fans here, uh, back when Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey were the first duo to ever uh, combine or each have 1,000 receiving yards in a single season, Carl DeRoe was that receivers coach. And you can follow him around everywhere he's gone and find these successes um, and, and while he's done all those things, he's had a whole bunch of connections. Obviously, Shanahan was the, the coach for the Broncos at the time. Well, Taylor Embry, who's now the Buffs tight ends coach, he was working under Kyle Shanahan, uh, working mostly with the tight ends with the 49ers for the last few years. And now one of the brightest young coaching prospects anywhere is on the Buffs staff. You look at Chris Wilson, who was, who's now the defensive line coach, Uh, well, he was also the defensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl with Fletcher Cox and Chris Long and all those guys. So I think that those connections and that experience, plus like the fact that he is one of the many black head coaches who gets one job and doesn't get hired again as a head coach. Luckily he did, but it took him 15 years. Uh, There are a lot of signs that would point to him being kind of undervalued as a head coach. Um, but I mean, in the end, it all just depends on what happens on the field.
2: Yeah, it's a funny season for both these programs where it's like they're both in tough spots, new new coaches that gotta build it up. you know, there shouldn't be massive expectations going into these first, seasons and it's kind of almost like if you didn't want massive expectations this would be the season to kind of chill out and and just yet we're so starved for sports we're so starved for some positivity to feel like something's moving in the right direction that there is some pressure to perform right and like look good in these opening games and not lay an egg like like we saw Thursday so you know it, it is a, a funny duality going on at these uh programs it's, right it's
3: now. it's interesting just because like <clears throat> I thought there was no expectations. Uh, for the Buffs right. this year and, and everyone knows like I am a I'm a huge Buffs homer like that's you know that is my my passion when it comes to sports is yeah. is a lot you know see, see you fans sports.
0: see you fans know that and then I think CSU fans have learned that from seeing you bickering with Justin um, consistently
3: <laughs> no I'm actually kind of sad I like I don't I, I don't feel the hate right now for CSU. I feel like something's missing from it's me.
0: It's the pandemic. The pandemic has made you crave any type of college football in Colorado. You're just like, fine, let's watch it.
3: But me being the big homer that I am, like I had no, I have no expectations for the Buffs this year. Uh you know, I, I my, my expectations are like hopefully we see some young guys make some big plays. Like that that's like where I'm at. Like hopefully you see some development. Hopefully you see like good coaching decisions. Yeah. You know, I want to see decent process, but when it comes to results, my expectations are so low. So when I saw bus fans kind of like unraveling, melting down today over the quarterback decision, I was like, oh, I guess everyone isn't like me in the same boat as me here. I kind of think that Carl Durrell like st- is like stealing a year here, like – they're, none of these guys are losing uh, eligibility it's almost right. like a free
2: yes.
3: six seven game preseason replay for your next season mm-hmm. um and so i like that's where i'm at on this um and, and i think the fact that you know there's no pressure from fans booing in the stands there's no right. attendance pressure all of this for a first year head coach i think is a huge win um and so my expectations are so low for for what they do this year like i said i I don't want to see bad decisions, you know, yeah. from the coaching staff. I want to see an identity in terms of are you aggressive or are you conservative? You know, become who you are this year. Maybe you experiment a little with certain things. Uh, maybe you try to sprinkle in Brendan Lewis here and there just to, you know, show him what yes, it feels please. like to be in Pac-12 football. Those are the things I'm looking for. Um, knowing where they are and, and the tough position that, that Durrell was brought into I, it just surprises me to see people having, you know, big expectations. Like I, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to me.
0: I just think Buff fans have missed having something to kind of like oh, yeah. feel and be upset and 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 sure. I think a lot of people wanted Brendan Lewis, even if that was already decided a while ago by Carl Durrell. Like they just still had some sort, I don't know what they were hoping for, but I feel like they're like, Oh, young freshmen. Like what, what can we build? What can we grow from seeing this guy? And like you said, right. And I really hope they do mix him in there. And we see a little bit of that. My hope with this season is limited injuries. We've seen the way the NFL is dealing with so many injuries because of less practice time, because of Everything happening, so I really hope we don't see major injuries come to either CU or CSU players.
2: You're here,
1: yeah. In terms of expectations, though, I think you're totally right, RK, in terms of where the expectations should be. But it's just so frustrating because it's a six game season, you open against UCLA and Arizona, two of the other three bottom teams in the Pac 12 South, two very winnable games. You win those games. All of a sudden, you're two and zero with four games to play. You steal one of those, then you're five hundred for the first time in four years. And so, of because games. of the small sample <laughs> size, it's just it's just also, such a waste to not try to give it a run and try to just wow. get hot. I'm sure, the, the I'm sure that's season. what
3: they want to do. I'm just saying, like, it's not necessarily realistic to expect it. Also,
0: <laughs> it's never never been easier to make a bowl, and I feel like Buffs fans just want <laughs> to win a bowl game.
4: <laughs> CSU the to see you win. in the New Mexico Bowl, baby. Both teams three <laughs> let's, wins. Let's, let's do make it, it Let's get played let's in El Paso or something. Let's do it.
3: I think it's easier to make a bowl when you have a free win in the first week of the se- of the season.
0: Oh. It is. <laughs> Okay, with that, I'm going to ask a question that's kind of unfair on the panel of people we have here today. But with this year being so interesting, both teams, both CU and CSU having new head coaches, both dealing with this quarterback issue, who do you think would have won the Rocky Mountain Showdown? Who do you think would have had a shot at winning CU versus CSU? I already preface this may not be a little fair with the panel we have here today, but well, Justin... Let's get <laughs> Justin give me your argument. Justin, <laughs> I want to hear your argument before I hear from anyone else.
4: CSU had more talent than CU right now at the positions <laughs> where it mattered most. CU doesn't have a quarterback. CSU did. That's I mean, I don't think either of these teams are very good, but I don't think C I don't think CU has a tight end as good as Trey McBride. I don't think they have a quarterback as good as Patrick O'Brien. If Warren Jackson would have come back, which he would have in that original format, they can't cover him. They saw that last year. The game's in Fort Collins, first time in two decades, and mostly CU doesn't have a fucking quarterback.
1: Oh, <laughs> <wow>. they-
0: <Dalt> <laughs> <language>.
3: <laughs> That's
4: simple.
3: Friday. Wait, but you're <laughs> no, telling no, no, me no, CU does have a quarterback, yet they didn't play him? Well, he
4: missed a bunch of time in camp with COVID, and I'm not gonna. O'Brien okay. is better than anybody on CU's roster right now at the quarterback position. Henry. Other Henry, than maybe the freshman, but
0: Henry, give me your argument for CU.
4: I mean, the easiest
1: argument is that we've literally already seen CSU and they lost 38, 17, and <laughs> it was awful. Um, you want to go position to position. Like I like the buffs offensive line, the buffs defensive line, pretty much all of the buffs defense. Like, yeah, Trey McBride is good. Probably better than Brady Russell. You should tr-
2: probably,
4: oh, dude. Shut. Pro- oh my God. I don't know. We're trying to put Brady <laughs> Russell in the same conversation as Trey McBride. There's not even any point of us going back and forth. Just you watch. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Embry, new tight ends coach.
1: They're throwing in a whole bunch of new passing concepts for the tight ends. This is his year.
0: Okay, so I guess well, I guess that's a bet. Let's make a bet out of it.
3: How could that bet How- ever? Be- oh. yeah, what
4: do we do?
0: Who has better stats?
4: Yeah, most 3 it'll be Trey. Bet. I'll uh, sure. What do you want to bet? <laughs> Let's bad oh,
3: bet. Do, uh, you don't agree, Ryan? Well, I mean, you've got uh, a very good player going up against Mountain West competition versus a decent player going up against Pac-12 competition. Oh, mm-hmm. You could make Pac-12 the argument defense, maybe
4: so brutal that
3: <laughs> the vaunted Pac-12 the
4: conference that brutal slate of Utah oh. and Cal and UCLA. Yeah, twenty-one point one. Like no the... Utah was a bad example. They were. Good. Stop
0: yeah. talking over each other, Ryan and Henry.
3: <laughs> I mean, okay. You saw CSU last night. Like, I I was actually as low on on the Buffs' chances of of winning in Fort Collins as anyone, maybe uh, on the CU side, until I saw CSU play last night, and I was like, wow, I was an idiot for feeling like that. Um, neither team has a quarterback. I can't go. I can't buy into the idea that CSU has a quarterback and just decided not to play him last night. Um, I mean, he was they, second
4: team preseason all league. But, so like, and
3: they still didn't play him because they thought he's, he was worse than yeah, the but, other guy they had. No, it
4: had nothing to do with him being worse than Senteo. That's, that's not why they made the decision. They didn't have receivers, they wanted to run the football. That's what it came down to. It was a bad decision. I don't agree with this.
2: Worst decision to put him in then at the end of the game. That's where they really lost me. Um,
1: Yeah. If the decision was to put that guy who we saw at quarterback last night at quarterback, then it was a bad decision.
4: (laughs) Anyways, I think. Play a quarterback that can throw the ball. Like we said earlier.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I think CU has the better defense and CSU has a really, really bad defense. uh, And I think. CU, regardless of the quarterback, would have been able to score enough points against that defense. I don't think their the defense
4: offense. is as bad as they looked last night, but it was definitely not encouraging at all. The defensive Andre. line looked pretty good. They brought pressure. Linebackers looked athletic, but the tackling third down, Jesus. No, it was bad. Nobody can cover those running backs.
3: Also, yeah. five years in a row.
0: <laughs> Andre, give me
2: uh, your I, vote. I think it's not a bad a tough question because of the panel it's a tough question because of the timing
4: um <laughs> oh, you know that's mean, was this game being played two months ago or is right. the game being played last night is warren yeah. jackson sure. on the team is dante right. eligible in this game or is it a situation where we're rolling todd centeo out and a dante rightless csu football that's a completely right. different team mm-hmm.
2: because on paper i could have talked myself into the rams with all those factors in play But then you watch, you know, I mean, the team at present clouds your mind with what the team could have been at full strength. And um, so, yeah, it's hard for me to believe that the Rams could have uh, could have pulled it through. But I mean, it's uh, it's too early to make any judgments on on this season. And I I think both programs are kind of in similar spots where in the trenches, they're starting to reach um, a level playing field with the other better teams in the conference. But. Now the skill positions, and as we mentioned, the quarterback position most of all needs to really
4: catch up to the rest of the conference. I'll be well, curious to see how that CU offense looks next week. So yeah. we we can come back to it. Me too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, we all we all are very curious to see. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, I wanted I wanted some sort of bet place, but you guys avoided it, so whatever. We'll just move on to DraftKings Sportsbook where you can place the bet. Um the season is obviously in full swing and all the action is unfolding over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all the DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head over to the App Store now because you don't want to miss out on these offers. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Now, I got my two betting masterminds here on the show right now oh and henry henry's made a few appearances um andre ryan who are you placing that one dollar on ohio state or penn state or is it too early i guess it's not too early it's friday both
2: now that is guaranteed money both is the guaranteed money answer but i think ohio state's an easy uh 99 to be won uh penn state they controlled the clock a lot in the the game they ended up losing to Indiana last week, but the injuries they've suffered at running back already are devastating. And with that depleted backfield, I really think Ohio State's going to be able to have their way.
3: Yeah, Ryan, this, this is one both. of those ones where you you probably just run the risk uh, of going on Ohio State here, but you really can guarantee yourself a profit when you do these things. Um, but because the investment is so low. The risk is so low that it's like, you're going to be heartbroken right. yeah. if uh, Ohio state loses to Penn state. So probably just roll with the Buckeyes. Uh, they're really, really, really talented. Uh, and Justin Fields is really, 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 really talented. Okay. So um, I have a hard time seeing Penn state's path to victory, but yeah. if you want to l- mitigate your risk, you can do that.
0: Ryan, you have like a, like you said, place bets on both teams. You have a calculator and everything to figure out your risk-reward. I'm new to the game. I would place bets last week for the first time on DraftKings Sportsbook. Did, didn't do so well, but, you know, I'm not discouraged. Mm. I will be placing some more bets this week. But I did not know that you could have, like, a calculator to head to – is it hedging? Hedge,
3: yep. Hedge calculator, yep. Yeah, right.
0: I had no idea. Learning so many new things. But join in if you haven't bet before. You know, just place – with a little bit of money. It makes watching football and watching all sports, I feel like, so much more fun. Oh, yeah. Because you just kind of – it's like playing fantasy. Like, you just have a little more leg in a game you might not have cared about.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was on uh, the edge of my seat right before we went on air for EuroLeague basketball. I needed a, a three go. to be hit, and it didn't hit, and it was devastating.
3: So. I ended wow. up watching the entirety of CSU Fresno State last night. Uh, because I in the second half I took a CSU team total under twenty six and a half.
0: Okay, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code oh, sure. DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State. These guys right here are telling you Ohio State. Justin, Hen- Henry, do you guys have a? Do you guys say Penn or Ohio?
1: Ohio State's a lock. Like yeah. there is no reason to ever consider Penn State.
0: Justin.
4: Take Ohio State and run. But okay. if both of these programs could somehow lose, that would be tremendous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's $1 to win $100 when you sign up using the promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25X playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, be sure to call 1-800-522-4700 for people watching the live stream the sun keeps moving and now i'm being blinded so um i don't know what to do i've tried i have tried avoiding the sun at all costs because i'm outside and i can't so sorry for squinting like this
2: well you look like an angel with the the light shining on you so (laughs) have no fear
0: i can't see and my eyes are very watery but you know i'll take the compliment um all right Hank, you gonna head out? Or are you gonna? He- are you gonna? I am
1: out? gonna head out. <laughs> um, okay. So you guys are gonna talk about candy. Yes. Um, I just like to say that if you guys think there's a bad candy, then you're kind of just a hater. Mm. Like <laughs> all these things that people keep saying, it's like, oh, this. No, it's all really good. And whatever any of you say about a candy being bad, you are wrong.
3: Do you like black
1: liquor? Oh, and then he leaves. <laughs> wow.
2: Mike, Mike drop. <laughs>
1: Literally. Oh.
2: Well done.
0: Fails. All right. Um,
2: black okay. liquor is yummy.
0: Well, I mean, why not? I was going to say Absolutely. we could dive into some more uh, football talk and talk about the Broncos. But, you know, Henry just let us write in. It's Halloween weekend. Let's talk a little bit about some candy before we talk some sad Broncos news. So much sad football. Why? You know?
2: It's Halloween. It's spooky season, you know?
0: No, I think it's just like our Lux as fans.
4: <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <not> truly.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. All right, Ryan, you, you felt like you needed to argue with Henry. So what is your take on what is the best Halloween candy? Or what's the best candy? And then what's the
3: worst? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, oh, the best yeah. Is- the best is really, it's oh, a tough. There's so many good ones, um, but the worst, I would have to say, is probably um, good and plenty.
2: Oh, oof. good and plenty. <laughs>
0: I have oh. never heard of that.
2: Oh, it's like you're being punished when you eat good and plenty.
0: <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like... Uh, Vegemite and Marmite?
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm nothing like, like that. <laughs> They're like they come in like a little pink box. They look like little yeah. like pink
0: pills. Yeah, I've never heard Good. of that. What is it called?
3: Good and plenty. Good
2: and plenty. So it's like it's it's like licorice inside, oh! but it kind of has a candy covering on the outside. But the candy covering that doesn't help at all. That's kind of nasty as well.
0: I have seen these actually.
3: Yeah, yeah I've there never you go. Seen
2: those. Oof, yuck! <laughs> Just looking at them, it's revolting. Also,
3: uh, things that suck. Um, almond joy yeah. Mounds, yeah yeah um both garbage yeah um, child
4: yeah out here avoiding coconut <laughs> yeah, coconut is like
3: those, uh, coconut does not belong in my candy um I think sorry. one
2: of those has been like they're they're out of business oh really well, maybe I had a fever dream months ago but I thought like <laughs> I, I thought like I heard almond joy was like done
0: no I still seen almond joy mm-hmm. at 7 11.
3: Hmm. oh yeah those are the worst <laughs> okay
0: andre what's your least favorite candy
2: my grandpa really likes necco's <laughs> when oh, he grew up nar. during the depression you know <laughs> he would save up his money and go buy himself necco's for like Some a Necco penny. so he loves those but they're, they're like uh it's like eating a tum so i don't know i don't Wait, get what? why Ooh, yeah
0: no. yeah
2: look him up um it, it's just a weird candy to have obviously very old school Um, But Ryan covered some good ones. I will say there's a lot of uh, misinformation about black licorice. There's like sweet black licorice. And then there's more hardcore black licorice where they're not sweetening it up. That stuff's disgusting. But the sweet black licorice, that's good. And the best I've already gone on record already on this same podcast, I think, in saying that mini Snickers is the king of uh, Halloween, there's something about the mini version of Snickers that heightens its Snickerness. And you really only get that during Halloween. So that's that's the most special of all Halloween treats, right
0: there. Was that a Halloween podcast a year ago, or was that an off the rails podcast?
2: I think that was like a, a mere couple weeks ago on this very okay, same say, podcast. It
0: can't be a year ago. <laughs> yeah, I, was like,
2: no,
4: no.
0: I was like, where is time going?
4: Yeah,
0: for <laughs> okay justin what is your least favorite candy
4: i don't i'm i pretty much only like chocolate so i like i don't like skittles i don't like any of the Ooh, skittles are good that type of candy you know the the non-chocolate stuff i would say dots are the worst because oh. they get stuck in your teeth and Ooh, they don't even really have any flavor yeah. so like but they're just the gummy point?
3: bears aren't they like, they're yeah, like hard hard you know, very gummy bear.
4: flavor and yeah they get hard really fast and they're oh. too
2: like the the gooiness is a sticky gooiness, mm, which yeah. like good in a brownie, not great in like a candy.
3: Mm, brownies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a commercial M M&M and M fudge brownies. I'm making that an adult goal to try those. M and M fudge
0: brownies. Wow, yeah. that does sound good. Yeah. Um, my
4: M's though. That's my favorite for the record.
3: Just my... straight regular M and M's.
4: I like M Ms or peanut M Ms or peanut butter M Ms. I just like M Ms.
3: Yeah, I put M M&M, M regular M Ms at the bottom of the M M&M M scale. All the other versions are better than the original, I think.
0: I think my favorite candy they have a lot—and it's good. because I just ate them so much when I was little. Were Rolos.
3: Oh, good choice. Rolos are.
2: But,
0: Rolos are oh, bomb.
2: Again, a little too sticky on the fillings, you know.
0: Oh, I love them, and they're small enough where you're just like.
3: They're you like know. Milk Duds without all the pain.
0: Yes. Wow. <laughs> well,
2: maybe I'm what thinking. a good <laughs> description. Milk Duds, yeah. Milk um, um, taste
4: so good. They're almost worth it. That's the one that I, I, I maybe will struggle through just because they're delicious. <laughs> it's true. We've got
0: uh, Colorado yeah. Travis here saying Tootsie Rolls. I'm, I kind of agree with Henry. Like, there is very little candy or chocolate that you put in front of me that I'll be like... Actually, I'm good. Like, if you put, if I've got the candy in front of me, then I'm going to eat the candy. Like, if there's a candy bowl, sure. And there's only Tootsie Rolls, I'm going to grab one. So, I agree with Henry in the sense that when it comes to certain candies, I feel the same about donuts. Like, you put a donut in front of me. It doesn't matter if it's Voodoo from 7-Eleven or if it's from King Super's Freshly Baked. I'm going to eat the donut. So, um, Tootsie Rolls, I'm not a fan of, but, you know.
3: I'm the same way, but like, I, I'll never go to the store and get a fruity candy. Like, if I'm like mm. splurging on candy, every time I'm going something chocolatey. Oh, That's no, I, I go for like, sour, sour gummy, gummy
0: worms. Mm. Sour gummy worms are so good. Okay. Sour I want...
3: Skittles are low key. Ooh, sour Skittles sour
2: are, are, so are low Yes. Okay.
0: Our DNVR Nuggets guys on DNBA show today had a candy draft. And I want us to go over it because I feel like this is the per- perfect podcast to do that and give our vote. So for the podcast listeners, Harrison chose Reese's, Starburst, Twix, Baby Ruth, and Caramel Apple Pop, which on the Free Skate Friday DNVR Avalanche podcast, they didn't know what Caramel Apple Pops were. Those are bombs. Personally, I think
3: so. Okay. An, that was an incredible last pick of the draft by Harrison. Because that's it's an a snake draft. So.
2: Apple on a stick? No, no covered no, no, no. in caramel? No. That's what it is? No. This,
3: this is. It's like a. Look a it what do you call those things that you lick on like a.
0: It's Halloween buffs, big man. So we're talking some candy. We talk some buffs. We talk some CSU. <laughs> oh, then we're gonna get to the Broncos. You know, it was podcast. Oh is yeah, about like, everything.
2: Oh, they're like a tootsie
3: Ro- They're like a tootsie pop, but yeah, instead it's like an a, an apple thing covered in caramel.
2: I've never tried these caramel. But they, they look interesting. Caramel.
3: caramel. This is not the caramel. east coast.
0: Caramel. caramel. Do you all say caramel?
2: I don't say caramel. Yeah, I don't. I don't say caramel. That's for sure. (laughs) Not an elitist,
4: you know. (laughs) My caramel candies.
0: (laughs) Saying caramel (laughs) is not elitist.
4: Yes, it
3: is. Oh, would you pass the caramel, please? I would like my ice cream with some (laughs) caramel toppings.
0: It's spelled like caramel, not caramel caramel sounds so much more like pretentious
3: stop Not saying a. there's no a caramel. It's, just, yes. it's just caramel caramel yeah
0: but carmel. there is an a in the spelling it's silent.
3: it's silent
0: oh whatever that could be a whole podcast Allies
3: is the person who's gonna say caramel and then turn around and say jaguar
0: yeah caramel <laughs> and jaguars <laughs> go away oh, i speak both. the way i speak okay Adam had Skittles, Reese's Pieces, Peanut M&M's, Hot Tamales, and Mr. Good Bar.
2: Wow. <laughs> uh, Out of left field with Hot Tamales. I mean. Tamales
4: rule. I, that's the one non-chocolate I'll eat. Bad and Honestly, Starburst.
3: Adam should be canceled. <laughs> 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 okay.
0: Brendan Strong chose degree. Snickers, M&M's, Hershey bars, Kit Kats, and Three Musketeers.
3: Just a strong lineup there. Yeah, it's all chocolate.
4: Overrated. That's
2: a it's a man's man uh, list. You know, I think Hershey's bar kind of crappy. That's really the worst uh, chocolate you'll find. Uh, in yeah, why would you go know Hershey? Like
3: Hershey's bar should have been not mm-hmm.
4: drafted. And again, classic M and M. It's all the same chocolate, guys. The Reese's, Cla- Hershey's, M and M's. It's all the exact <laughs> same milk chocolate. But
0: there's don't difference. you get?
2: into big chocolate conspiracies with me young man um also i think a major oversight by vote who had a huge opening with his second pick he basically if he had said peanut m&ms he basically a stealing Reese's Pieces like i don't know how they haven't been sued it's a real like coke pepsi thing but i think m&m really stepped on the Reese's Pieces toes by doing peanut M&M's, they still work. They're basically the same thing. I might side with M&M's. I think he does that. This is a clear winner in the draft. By hold taking on, hold on, hold basic on. classic M&M's, it, as you said, Ryan, that's the lowest of the M&M's.
3: Hold on. Recy
2: Major misplaced.
3: and peanut M&M's aren't similar in any way.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, what?
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> Reese's PCs and peanut butter M&Ms are similar. Oh, what
2: did I say, peanut? Yeah. Well, but, peanuts off the board. Adam has though, so yes, I meant peanut butter. No, I'm because
3: so vote selected okay. M&Ms with his second round pick.
2: Right. So he should have price, still added peanut butter M&Ms, right?
3: Well, he should have taken peanut butter M&Ms or peanut M&Ms, um, because this is a snake trap. Right, plant, so right,
2: snake. Yeah.
3: So. Um, he, that's the only fault there. Um, he, 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 messed that one up, but he has the best, um, the best group here. Although three Musketeers, I can't even remember what those are. Yum.
0: Three Musketeers are good. Okay. Eric D-Line Co's, um, picks were Milky Way, Butterfingers, mm. ooh.
3: uh,
0: Sour Patch Kids, Nerds, and Twizzlers.
3: Milky Way going in the first round is the reach of the century.
2: Yeah, that's the reach of <laughs> the it's absolutely a reach. That stands
4: out in a major. Okay. I'm not a Twizzlers like guy. Said, man, that's that's awful. What? So who? What? Taking taking that in the first round. That's like passing up on Melo in the first round. That's a yep. Detroit Pistons move.
2: No, yeah, no I
0: love is... Three Musketeers. Um. Okay. So.
2: Well, we're talking Milky Way. We're trashing Milky Ways.
0: I was just stating someone in the comments that Three Musketeers are delicious, and I said I
3: agree.
0: Um, Okay, so who are you voting for? Who had the best draft? Vote. Do we all agree vote?
3: No, I got
0: to give it to
4: Harrison. I Uh, agree.
0: Harrison or vote for me.
4: uh, No,
2: I haven't ever tried a caramel apple pop, so that's where I'm a bit out of my element, but it is between those two. Mm. God, that is tough that is tough
0: we've got antonio here saying rk doesn't understand great candy i
3: don't know what you want from me i I feel like i haven't even had a uh a controversial opinion yet i
2: think (laughs) i think vote gets it i think vote gets it okay well done. see if
0: i can move into the shade again um it's really just based on where the sun hits the tree okay I think, I think that's enough candy talk as Buffs Big Man wants, wants some sports talk, which wow. that, that's what this podcast is. But before we get to some Broncos talk, Green Mountain Dental Group is located in Lakewood, and they are one of the best dentists in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans. And, you know, when you... Get, when you sign up for a cleaning x-ray and exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, you're going to receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. You're eating all of this candy on Halloween. Mm. You need a Sonicare toothbrush. A regular toothbrush isn't going to cut it. It's not going to get in there. And get all that gunk out of your teeth. And the first thing to good health is clean teeth. And so go sign up. Go visit Green Mountain Dental Group and get a cleaning x-ray and exam so you can receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. They are so awesome and they're so kind and, you know, supporting them. It's a local business, supports us and helps us out. So please um, go give them some love and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Hard to hard to
3: not want that. Correct okay. me if I'm wrong here, just re- responding to my <laughs> guy Antonio in the comments. is it a Milky Way just a Snickers without the peanuts?
2: That's correct. I
3: think so.
4: Yeah.
2: No. And, and no nougat, no right? Snickers also has nougat.
4: Or, yeah, nougat.
2: Milky Way is just chocolate with caramel inside. I don't know what the fuck oh. Not hate- having a Heath oh. Bar in any of those five rounds, I think, is a great oversight. Heath I'm Bar is way better, better,
3: than better than better
0: than better Oh? I, did, any- did anyone else hear that? Yeah. <laughs> he hear better and better and better and yeah,
2: better. Yeah. <laughs> I did, too. <laughs> Yeah, he's bars way better than most of those. Let's see if Ryan can talk to us.
0: You there?
3: Can you hear me?
2: Yes. yes.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say we're talking Broncos, so I kind of need you, bud.
3: <laughs> bars are better than Butterfinger.
2: Whoa. Okay, now
4: that's better than the new day. Butterfinger for sure. They changed their recipe a couple years ago, and it's what? not the same.
3: I don't like what's inside the Butterfinger. This like flaky, weird peanut thing. butter. Yes. Yeah, also, I hate the word butter. nougat. I do,
0: too. I really don't like that word.
2: Nugget. Um, I, I don't like you saying it. So. Okay.
0: Let's move on to some Broncos talk. Ryan, the Broncos take on the Chargers this Sunday. Fans, Broncos country, they're feeling really down after that performance against the Chiefs. But I think they're feeling even more down because so much of Broncos country has lost hope on Drew Locke already. I know where you stand, Ryan, but tell the people who are kind of on the verge of losing hope, who haven't lost hope yet, why they should not lose hope on Drew Locke just yet.
3: I just don't, I don't know how you can judge a guy uh, in his eighth start and forget the eight starts. We're talking about his third start in a brand new offense with no offseason coming off of an injury. I mean, he has the entirety of, uh, of lists of reasons why you should be patient. I don't even want to call them excuses because I don't think that's what it is. It's just calm down. Like that's all, that's all this is. It's just a list of reasons of why you should calm down. Um, Drew Luck, in the last six seasons of his career has only gotten to the second year of an offense once. the best year of his career. He threw 44 touchdowns and I believe 13 interceptions at Missouri. Uh, and I think it's really unfortunate. This is a tough take because I don't, I'm not blaming uh, like, I don't think Pat Shermer is a bad hire, or at least I don't think, I think the book is mm-hmm. still out on that. Yeah. But I also think the Broncos, if this season is all about evaluating Drew Locke, which I think it is, I think they did him a disservice by firing Rich Gangarello, getting him started all over again. Now they couldn't have predicted the pandemic, uh, but there's like a long list of things here that w- should just suggest you to say, okay, pump the brakes a little bit. Um and that's my main takeaway here. The other thing is, you know, in games that he's finished, Drew Locke is never, is undefeated against teams that weren't in the AFC Championship game last year. You know, he's got two losses to the Chiefs and a loss to the Titans. You can put, you know, technically the, the Steelers game is on his record, but it doesn't. I mean, anyone who watched that game knows it wasn't. He didn't really have an impact on that yeah. game. Um, he had a bad start, which of course people that are ready to write him off won't let me forget. But I just, I just want people to calm down. That's all it is. It's his eighth game, which is still really early, but it's even more early for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He has things he's got to work on. He needs to stop fading away when he's throwing for no reason. He needs to get better at climbing the pocket. He needs to get better at a lot of things, and so do most quarterbacks when they're this young. So I get that Justin Herbert is really skewing a lot of people's perspective on this, but Justin Herbert is an outlier. It almost never works like this where you just walk in, and you're instantly, you know, putting up extremely good numbers. And even Patrick Mahomes, you know, he went through two off seasons before he became the full-time starter for the Chiefs. So it even took a little bit of patience with him. I just got to calm down. Everyone's just got to calm down. Uh, He's got 10 more starts ahead of him this year. Hopefully I'll touch wood as long as he stays healthy. And at the end of that, we might have a sample size large enough to really be able to make a big decision on drew lock. Now I might go, I might say that it's not even fair to evaluate him then, but the NFL isn't fair. And I know, and I know how these things work. So it is the Broncos are probably going to have to, to make a decision on what they want to do moving forward at the quarterback position at the end of this year. But there's absolutely no reason to start to sign, you know, to sell all all of your drew lock stock right now. Um, I know he has it between the ears. I know he wants yeah. to be great. I know he has a lot of the, you know, the characteristics that you need. Now he's just got to go learn from his mistakes and apply it on the football field. He's got shorter than I would, than I think most people would want him to have to do that. Uh, but I still think he's very capable of learning and getting better.
0: Do you guys think that people's takes on Drew Locke wouldn't be as bad as they are right now if? some of those receivers caught those touchdowns during that Patriots game and his stat line Mm -hmm. went up. Do you think it really is that much of a difference of, you know, what, his receivers weren't catching balls, felt like I was watching the Mm -hmm. Eagles out there. His stat line wasn't very good against the Patriots. Not terrible, but not good. And then he came out in the snow and tried to be Patrick Mahomes when he can't be and performed what?
3: I disagree with that take, but he, drew, he, had a well,
0: he, he was out there. He looked like he was trying to play like so so well and it just wasn't working out for him.
2: I, I don't hate that description. If you're giving an elevator pitch on what happened in that snow game, that's actually the best I've heard right now. Yeah, I, I think that's half way. analysis. I think that's anyways, half do analysis. you
0: think it really is that thin of a line of if he would have had better stats and played better and had more touchdowns against the Patriots, people wouldn't be freaking out this much?
3: I mean, Drew Locke went out, went into Foxborough and led a team that beat the Patriots.
0: But people but because, were still
3: upset. And let, let me finish. But because the stats aren't there, no one's excited about it. Yeah. And yeah. if he completes, you know, let's just say he ends that game with, well, I'll keep the interceptions on the table. Cause I know people freaked out when I took them off. Uh, Three touchdowns, two interceptions, the Broncos score 36 points and blow out the Patriots on the road. Are you kidding me? People would be in a totally different mind frame mm-hmm. right now. But it's it's the fact that he had that game where the stats, they weren't just okay. They were terrible. They look terrible bad. on paper. Yeah. They look awful on paper. Um, he had that game, and then followed up with a game where he actually was awful. Yeah. That's why people are slamming the panic mm-hmm. button right now. Uh, because the further away you get from a game, the less the perspective exists on that game. You just look back, and now someone can say, over the last two weeks, Drew Locke is this, this, and this with three interceptions and zero touchdowns and a 50% completion rate. Like, it looks bad. Um, So, yeah, if they make those plays and they blow out the Patriots and Drew has awesome stats, it's a totally different story right now.
0: Justin, Andre, how do you guys feel about Drew Locke?
4: Good, Justin. I mean, I think RK pretty much covered it in a sense of We've we've seen the flashes and there's definitely been enough there to understand that this guy looks like, you know, he can be the real deal. Yeah, there's plenty of room for improvement. But, you know, panicking after eight games, especially given everything that happened in the offseason coming off of this injury, I just think it's kind of a bad look for Broncos country in general and kind of indicative of just how reactive we seem to get over every single week. We just gotta remember, you know, it's It's the course of a season. It's the course of a couple of seasons when developing young quarterbacks. I'm, I'm not anywhere near ready to sell my stock.
0: Yeah. I do think that Broncos fans expect so much from that quarterback position. And then after dealing with Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, like I understand it's been really bad at that QB position for Broncos fans. But you need it's he's still pretty much a rookie. You need he needs time Absolutely. to develop, and you see that all around the league with quarterbacks. Like it's not just a Drew Lock scenario, like you mentioned, right? A few examples. It took players, quarterbacks, time to become who they later were and are right now.
2: That's the problem with the city, though, with quarterbacks. It's a meat grinder. Um, it's uh it's the toughest position to play in Denver by far, just because the standards are. Two of the five greatest, uh, you know, not just quarterbacks, arguably two of the, you know, top 10 greatest football players of all time and Peyton Manning and John Elway. that's the standard. Um, And, you know, the fans shouldn't have to lower their standards, but I think they also need to understand that those are incredibly high standards to put on a kid who not only is dealing with this offseason, that's wacky for everyone, especially in a new offense with a largely new receiving core and everything, but wasn't able to practice in person with his teammates for a large part of last year because he was dealing with that thumb injury and trying to get reps um, doing the virtual stuff and all of that. And I think, you know, regardless of some up and down starts um, in these eight games, it's undeniable that drew Locke in the post Peyton Manning era by far has given the Broncos the best chance at winning games um game in and game out I mean it's not even close to you know how you kind of felt like dead in the water with other quarterbacks and it was just three and out after three and out and you kind of needed a miracle just to convert a couple first downs now with Drew you really seem to have a chance in each game I mean they outgained that Chiefs offense uh despite him playing terribly and you know uh, this you take away some god-awful mistakes that are absolutely unacceptable by a pro football team and that's not just true i'm talking about the flea flicker and the kick return you're gonna lose those games and you're gonna lose them bad against the kansas city chiefs i think there are some positive um positives to take from this given the circumstances but it's gonna be a big second half of the season big second
0: half ryan pat uh tim patrick and philip Lindsay are questionable for sunday do you think we'll see them out there
3: yeah, I do. Uh, Phil looks like he progressed pretty darn quick through the concussion protocol now. It's all—it's always finicky, you know. You can yeah. just fail, fail the last stage and you don't get to play. Um, but it looks like he'll be out there. Tim Patrick, I think, will be out there as well. Obviously, the bigger concern is on the offensive line.
0: With Glasgow.
3: Yeah, Glasgow tests positive for COVID today. Then you've got multiple other guys deemed as close contact, so they'll be monitoring them really closely. Mm-hmm. If you, if you go away unscathed and you just get away with it just being Glasgow, you put an Austin Schlottman behind him, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Uh, but Dotson listed as a close contact. Um, and one other starter, it might have even been Schlottman, um, who was listed as a close contact. That happened. If you're if you're without those guys, uh, and maybe another offensive line is going to be really messy. The only, I guess – solace which i don't like using that word in this scenario because it sucks for everyone um is ju- is that the chargers are dealing with the exact same thing right yeah. now yeah um, they're going to be without their offensive line i joked on twitter they should just play this game seven on seven uh because neither team is going to have their offensive <laughs> line out there it looks like broncos might end up being on the luckier side of this uh, but both teams are going to be rough along the offensive line which unfortunately yeah, I get. I don't know. It, it hurts both teams a lot because on yeah. one side you've got Bradley Chubb, on the other side you've got you know uh, Joey Bosa. It could be a really sloppy one um, if these teams are without offensive linemen. Um, but I, I really do think it could come down to which team loses more as to mm-hmm. what team is going to win this football game.
0: Yeah, the Broncos are three and a half point underdogs in this game on DraftKings Sportsbook right now. How are we feeling about that spread? Right. Besides last week, I think you were I think the Broncos were are now four and two against the spread. Thoughts. Let's start with Andre.
2: Well, I mean, I think that this will be a game where Herbert's going to be tested more than he's been tested so far. For one, the offensive line injuries will come into play. And I think the other part is, you know, Vic Fangio and Ed Donato will know how to handle an athletic uh, rookie quarterback. This isn't their first rodeo. Um, so they're going to, you know, I was very surprised to see the Broncos kind of hand out, uh, the same medicine some of their opponents have, especially when drew lock wasn't there and getting some free blitzers through Herbert's been very good at just escaping from free blitzes, but that's not going to last forever. He's going to be caught off guard. I also think that the Denver's more zone heavy scheme might take away, uh, some of those open vertical shots that um herbert's been given in his first few starts and it's gonna force him to think the game through and i think there'll be some mistakes at home even without a large crowd um this seems like too much i'm i'm leaning towards denver against the spread
0: here all right justin
4: yeah i just the chargers with what they've shown and particularly with what denver's shown offensively over the last couple of weeks i i don't love this matchup with the offensive line concerns with bosa coming in i just I don't feel great about it. I hate picking against the Broncos in a divisional game at home. But like Andre said, no home fans. You don't have a ton of momentum right now. And that spread's not very overwhelming. You know, it's not like a six-point spread or something like that, three and a half points. I think they probably win this game by at least a touchdown. So I, I feel pretty good
3: about the Chargers covering there. Ryan? Uh, again, it comes down to these options.
0: Oh, you're muted. <laughs>
3: I don't know what's going on here. Assuming okay. – am I good now? Yeah. yeah. Uh, assuming that the Broncos keep their offensive line intact, I'm actually taking the Broncos to win straight up. Um, I think, you know, the home field advantage does matter. It's not as big as it used to be, obviously, but it does matter. There's a comfort involved there. Um, I also just think that the Broncos haven't had like a, a normal situation going into a game, and, again, they end up losing half their offensive line that will continue right but you know this is going to be drew's first normal kind of start since the first game of the season in which he was good not great um and, and you know of course the broncos didn't get the ball in the end zone and they ended up losing but i think this it might be an offensive breakout for them this week um i think they're going to focus on getting the ball more to jerry judy mm-hmm. i think that albert okuwebunam is really just like on the verge of blossoming at any second here i mean i mean in his second game, he has seven catches for 70 yards on seven right. targets. Like, he's ready to explode. Um, Noah should be more healthy. I just think this is one where they kind of put it together uh, for a home game for once, and, and they get this one. And I think, man, I, I, I hope I'm right about this because, you know, if Justin Herbert goes out there and outduels Drew Locke and the Broncos lose this one, the narrative is just going to be in the, in the garbage. It's going to be a garbage fire. It's um, going to be very bad. I think Drew uh, is just due for one uh, where he kind of, you know, turns around this narrative on his head. And next week we're back to saying, oh, all the people who are, you know, doubting him were wrong. And then after the the next game, they might have a bad game. And all the people who are doubting him are saying, oh, you already get said. I think that's kind of going to be the way that this goes for the rest of the year. So um, I think this is a good one. This ends up being a good one for the Broncos.
0: All right, well, if you aren't going to Mile High, Empowered Field at Mile High, check out the DNVR bar for the Broncos game. It's such a fun atmosphere. Um, We are doing first come, first serve instead of RSVP. With, of course, all of these um, COVID regulations and what the governor or the mayor has put in place. We still have a good amount of room and would appreciate the support, of course. Um, So check us out. Check out Blake Street Tavern. You know, just uh, support local businesses, please. Uh, I hope everyone stays safe. We'll see what happens with the Buffs, CSU, and the Broncos. And we will see you guys all next week. Bye, guys.
2: Bye.